Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to head out to the Toyota of Hollywood Hotline Shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we even get to the wild card games, it's it's been a crazy week already. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk joins us this morning like he always does on Friday. Mike, I got to tell you, Saban retiring, Pete Carroll getting fired, and, and whatever happened to Bill Belichick with his owner partner there in Kraft, that was a that was a weird twenty four hours that I wasn't expecting. What about you? No, well, we were expecting Belichick out in New England. It was just a question of whether it was a firing, whether it was a mutual parting. The trade was never going to happen. There were too many moving parts. And Robert Kraft had said yesterday that Belichick basically earned the right to go wherever he wants to go, unrestricted by any type of compensation. The surprises were Carroll and Saban, and throw in Mike Vrabel too. I mean. It's been a historic week for the NFL. As it's playing out minute by minute, it doesn't become obvious. And at some point, you eventually stop and say, holy crap, this is a pretty big week. And I think the planets lining up the way they did Wednesday with Carroll and Saban. You follow it with Belichick, and it really has been one of the newsiest weeks that I can remember in the NFL that didn't involve a game being played. Yeah, and uh, I saw you guys were even talking about the Saban retirement because – Listen, I don't think he's got anything else going on in his life just from what we know of him, and I thought he was going to he was going to almost die being a coach and uh, seven rings said he'd had enough. Boy, that was uh, a shocker. I am just curious, who takes that job? Who's interested? Are there going to be a lot of people going to be interested in that job following that guy or no? Well, do you really want to follow Nick Saban at a time when I think the core issues in college football that may have contributed to his decision that it was time to move on are still there. The NIL dynamic that makes it harder for some of the teams that have traditionally been great to cooperate because the money that you used to get from the boosters to fund your program is now being diluted by the NFL, the NIL, excuse me, collectives and the other devices that are used to funnel money to players. You just have to keep going back to the boosters again and again and again, and there's only so much. And the Alabama boosters have only so much to give. And can they compete with Texas, Texas A&M, USC? I think that is one of the realities. And I know when Saban has complained in recent years about where this is going, it seemed to me that he was doing it out of self-interest because it was going to make it harder for him to use his best skill, recruiting, to stack the deck in his favor to get 10 first-round picks every year. And some people would react to that by saying, oh, no, he's just giving you fair warning before he uses these new rules to kick your butt. Well, um, uh, I don't think so. I think that he knows 
which way the ball's moving, and he's moving out before it gets even harder to win. Mike, I, I just I, I think I hit on this because this one's driving me nuts with this Belichick thing. The, the only thing is, so and, and by the way, Kraft hit on it. Like, look at this guy's had total power in, in, on this team to do and run everything. And I thought taking some of that away was going to be really hard on him and it was going to cause problems, especially when he saw something he didn't like. And he goes, that's not what I would have done. So who's going to give him? What team, if he's going to stay the way he is and wants to still basically control everything, what team out there is basically going to give him the whole team to go ahead and, and do your thing? Well, remember, that question was posed to Kraft yesterday because on Monday, Belichick said he'd be willing to take less power. And on Tuesday's PFT Live, Shereen Williams made the point, and I think it's a great one, it wasn't necessarily a message to Kraft, it was a message to his next employer, that I don't need to be the person in charge, that I don't need to be the one, as Bill Parcells used to say, if you want me to cook the meals, let me shop for the groceries. But I also think it makes Belichick more likely to go to a team that already has a well-stocked kitchen. So you don't need personnel power. Why don't we need personnel power? We already got a great team. That's why I keep coming back to Dallas, guys. And we've been talking about Dallas for the past three or four weeks. People up in New England have been eyeing the Cowboys as kind of a rivalry between the two organizations. They separated knowing full well that that's where he may go. If Mike McCarthy screws this thing up and they don't get to the NFC Championship game again, and you go back and look at some of the quotes from Belichick about Jerry and Stephen Jones, a lot of praise heaped by a guy who really doesn't throw around compliments all that often. It would not surprise me at all if he ends up in Dallas. And you give him Micah Parsons and Dak Prescott and C.D. Lamb and all the other great players they have down there, and he can take those guys and coach them wow. up into a potential champion. And that's, that's what made this so hard for the Patriots. His coaching skills are undeniable. It's all the other stuff. Right. And the power got out of control. And he didn't have any checks or balances. Kraft said that yesterday, too. We all need a Dr. No around us who tells us when we're potentially going to do something that hurts us. Belichick didn't have that. He had amassed so much power with no checks on it. It got to the point where when you're not winning Super Bowls, you just can't stay. Yeah, no, no, no question. It's just I, I'm thinking about Jerry Jones is involved with the team and even doing press conferences before the coach. I, I guess if you're saying that relationship is good, because I just didn't see that as a match except for the talent that the Cowboys do have as a really talented team. Well, it worked for Parcells. Yeah. Parcells was able to do it. Yeah. And think of this, too. That's a place where Belichick could go and finish the job that Parcells wasn't able to finish, just like we went to New England yeah. and finished the job Parcells wasn't able to finish. And, yes, there's a mentor relationship between the two, but there's also some stuff there. They managed to put it aside from time to time, but there's some stuff there. And I think Belichick would view it as a positive to have a chance to go to a place where Parcells failed ultimately and succeed by delivering the first Super Bowl championship, first NFC championship game appearance since 1995. All right, Mike, bring, bringing it right back here to South Florida. Uh, we're getting ready to go this cold weather. I don't know. We've heard uh, somebody send us something from the Dolphins yesterday. Please warm it. It's going to be 10 below at, at kickoff or whatever it is. We ha- I have no idea what the offense is going to look like, Tua, how he's going to throw. W- what are your thoughts on this cold weather and what this game's going to look like between Kansas City and Miami? Well, it's, it's bad and it's only getting worse. I'm looking at the forecast right now. The high tomorrow is 8 and the low is minus 9. 
I've got the app on my phone that shows the graph of the temperature hour by hour, and it looks like it's going to be below zero at kickoff. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a problem for everybody. <laughs> and I've asked the NFL this question because we hear all the time how sensitive they are to health and safety of players and really anybody who goes to a game. I mean, that's, that's smart. That's prudent. That's the right thing to do. I want to know if the NFL has any type of protocol in place for – the forecast reaching a point where they just can't play. Is there a temperature at which the NFL just will not put 60,000 people, players, coaches, staff, media, everybody out in those elements for three hours? Now, some people will scoff at that. Oh, we've gone soft. Well, you know, there's a reason why you stay indoors when it's that cold. There's a reason why they issue windchill warnings. They don't want people to have a toe cut off due to frostbite. So, I just wonder if the NFL has anything, because you know how this goes. They won't have any plan. Something bad will happen. And then they'll say, oh, we never thought of that. And then they'll have a plan going forward. And I hope tomorrow night isn't the night that there's some consequence for someone that causes the NFL to say, you know what, in the future, we better have a plan. Maybe we kick it to the next day. Maybe we move it to one of these domes that are all within, you know, fairly short flight distance of every open air stadium. Maybe we should do that under certain circumstances, just like they move. You know, there are certain things that happen that cause them to move games, snowstorms, floods, fires. Well, if it's going to be dangerously cold for the people who are there at the game, at some point they at least need to have a button they can press and account for it. And, 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 and you know, I, I want, we just want a fair game, right? Let's have a fair – how do you have a fair game under conditions like that? There's a certain point where it's just not a fair game where the passing game is gone, you just run the ball, run the ball, yeah, run the ball. Right. It's, just, it's, not, it's not fair to both teams. Yeah, and then it gets down to a low-scoring game and who can run the ball better and occasionally throw a little short, safe pass in there. And uh, turnovers might obviously be the, the difference in the game. Yeah, we're, we're sitting there trying to figure out the over-under and, and what kind of scoring you're going to be able to take place if it gets really, really nasty during this game. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? There's a, we, we've been so focused on that one. There's uh, the Bills-Steelers game the next day where the conditions are uh, projected to be worse than, than initially expected and wind and snow. And the, the over-under in that one has dropped from like 44 down to 35, I think. Yeah. It's uh, going to be an interesting one. Hey, by the way, uh, I do want to – if there's an upset tomorrow that you're expecting or over the weekend, excuse me, Saturday or Sunday – which game would it be? Because some of the wild card teams do look better than the than the division winners. What do you think? Well, I think that the Browns better be very careful tomorrow. I think the Browns may be stepping into a buzzsaw in Houston. They went down there and won. C.J. Stroud didn't play. Everybody expects the Browns to win. You know, tomorrow when we do our picks on the Football Night in America pregame show before Browns-Texans, there may be a lot of Browns logos popping up. Not for me, though. <laughs> I, think the te- I think the Texans are going to win. Wow. And, I, I, you know, I'm looking – hey, Joe Flacco, great story, right? Yes. Five starts, eight interceptions. That projects to 27 for the season. Sam Howell led the NFL this year with 21. You can't – you start having those turnovers in a playoff game, the, the, it, it magnifies the momentum shift. And then – you know, last week the Browns took the foot off the gas and got destroyed by the Bengals in their last game of the regular season. The night before that, the Texans played a primetime game in Indianapolis, 
which was essentially a playoff game, winner go home, right out of the gate, C.J. Stroud, long touchdown pass. And C.J. Stroud steps up, and they beat the Colts in Indianapolis. They win the division. They're on house money. No one expected them to be in the playoffs. I think they're going to be very dangerous. And they're at home. They're the lesser team, and they're at home. And the Browns, you know, they may be thinking, well, we go to Baltimore next week, maybe peak passing. They cannot look past the Texans. It's going to take everything they can to beat them. And as good as the Browns have been this year, I think the Texans are going to pull it off. So that's the one I'm really watching. Wow. And also Monday night, Monday night, if the Eagles know that they're going to San Francisco if they win, I don't think the Eagles are going to win that game. Now, I've picked the Eagles to win because we make our picks in advance. But I think if the Eagles know their reward for beating the Bucks is fly home, six days later, they got a game in Santa Clara against a team that's had two weeks to get ready, a team that came to Philadelphia and beat them 42-19. to I think if the Eagles know a win sends them to Santa Clara, I think there's a good chance they're just not going to win on Monday night. They're not going to be interested in the reward. How's that a reward? How's that a reward no. for winning a playoff game, having to go to Santa Clara six days later against a team that's had 14 days to get ready? Yeah, welcome to being the wild card team. You're exactly right. Hey, so i got to ask you this one because it's connected to the Dolphins. Rams are going to be playing Detroit. They haven't won a playoff game since January 5th, 1992. It's the longest drought of not winning a playoff game in the NFL. And, of course, we're second. Do the Lions finally break that, the old Gulf-Stafford matchup? Well, look, in high-stakes games like this, I always trust the better quarterback if all things are equal, and Matthew Stafford's the better quarterback. There's a reason why the, the Rams attached a first-round pick to Jared Goff to get him off their books. And it wasn't obvious, but when that trade happened, Jared Goff for Matthew Stafford and the Rams give up two first-round picks and a third-round pick. It was a one and a three to get Stafford, and it was a one to get rid of Goff. So Stafford's the better quarterback, and Goff can have the biggest chip on the shoulder that he wants. Stafford is the better quarterback. And unless Stafford gets injured early, and we know he's prone to getting banged up, he plays that game wire to wire. It's going to be high scoring. It's mm. going to be fun. And I think that that streak is going to continue for the Detroit Lions. Even though they're a better team now, I think they're going to have to wait another year to get that playoff win that they haven't had in more than 30 years. Wow. All right. Well, listen, Mike, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. And I hope we have a good game, man, in Kansas City. I don't know. It's going to be frigging cold. I hope those guys somehow. Bundle up. Yeah, Bundle I will. up. Don't worry about that, Mike. And, Anything uh, warm. Some booze. <laughs> yeah, right. Drink some booze and then, and then grab your microphone. There you go. And, and go viral. All right. Thanks, Mike. That's a good way to finish yeah. it right there. Thank you. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Have a little drink. Have a little drinky-winky before the game. I love you, Jimmy. I love you so much. Joe, you've been drinking. Yes, but I'm warm. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.